Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today's guest is Billy O'Neill. When I started the podcast, I wanted to get to 100 episodes without doing the same guest twice, but Billy, or as I like to call him, the Billster, no one calls him that, um, Billy has just had an unbelievable run in recent years. He got married, he hosted the Boshy Pope Skate Off, and he started his own skate company, Mesmer Skates, which he's doing in collaboration with Matthias Noel from Power Slide. So just lots of things have been happening, and on top of all that, he is still skating at a phenomenal level. He's a really busy man. He's got a new distribution company as well, Heavy Distribution with John Bellino. So just tons of things have been happening. There's loads of things to catch up on. And yeah, just want to pick his brain about more stuff. Plus, there's questions that I didn't ask him the last time we spoke, which was a year or two ago. I want to say two years ago. I can't even remember. I'd need to check. But yeah, loads that I want to catch up on new clips that I can show in his introduction, which I'm always excited about. And yeah, can't wait to get into it. Before that though, want to thank my Patreon supporters. They are listed on the page now. If you want to support the Patreon account, you can do so for as little as £3 a month. And yeah, cue the music. Hello? Hello. You're drinking a beer? It's it's Wednesday night. It's been a rough week. So hey. for the first time ever on platform, as long as I don't get inebriated and start flirting with you and take my top off, I figure we're all right. So hey man, it's, it's it's all good. It looks like a nice beer. Helles from Berlin. So if you get them there, they're like 99 cents. I think that's like the yeah the penny version of euro and if you get them anywhere else they're like five dollars so yeah actually if you watched spokes they're drinking these and quite a few of the things in spokes so clearly it's a popular beer that's kind of like the guinness problem here like uh guinness is like normally like the most expensive beer you could find at the bar usually in the states okay but when i was over there it was like the cheapest beer in ireland so um maybe it's something like that yeah, it's like, yeah, if if you're getting it in the country of origin, it's usually all right. Yeah, like, mm. yeah, a couple of my friends that live in the US and are from Scotland originally, they're like, oh, I had a pint of tenants, which is like, basically like dog piss beer mm-hmm. um, in Scotland and made in Glasgow. And they're like, oh, yeah, I only had to pay like $10 for it. And I'm like, why would you pay that amount of money for that? That's <laughs> It's like my buddy, like, it's funny, like when I went to, I was in Ireland and I saw like, at some pubs, they they had Coors Light available. I was like, "How is this even available? Who buys this?" But then I, I got a friend from uh, his name's Andrew Halls. Um, he's from the UK. Yep, and um, yes, uh, his like favorite beer is Budweiser. So when he's in the UK, he buys a Budweiser, and, and it's the it's an export, like you know. So it's like yeah. super expensive, and it's still a Budweiser, which is like our crap beer. So yeah, I guess it's preference. <laughs> yeah plus i know that a lot of the a lot of the american beers we get here are fake um so like as in they're not they're not actually made in the u.s like corona for example corona is not yep corona's we it's made in the uk so yeah yeah it's funny i was i was in italy and uh i got a corona and it was made in belgium 
And yep. it just like, I was like, this is not a Corona. What is this? <laughs> um, I was like poolside and I got a Corona with something else. But that's the cool thing about Guinness. I will say Guinness. They they don't have any other places where they make this stuff. They just they make it all there and they they ship it here, you know? So it's cool. That sounds true. So did you did you fall into the American trap? Did you come back from because obviously that's like a pilgrimage for you? You know, you're always rattling on about your Irish heritage. So <laughs> yeah. did, did you come back and you're in Long Beach and people are like, Hey Billy, how you doing? You're like, right there, I'm good, I'm grand. How are you? Yeah, how are you, lad? No, no, I can't even do it. No, um, I think just when I came back, like, what did I take with me? I just, I, I just, I just, um, I don't drink actually like nearly uh, as frequently as I used to when I was younger. But when I do drink, like, I, I used to prefer like a, a craft beer or an IPA. But since I went to Ireland, I'm just like on the Guinness. I just like Guinness is my move now. That's it. It's, okay. I, it's, it's nice because you could have like two or three and. It's not like high percentage, like the craft beers. So it's like, you have a couple, you're cool. It's nice. I like, I like them. This is true. Yeah. Very heavy though. It fills you up really quickly. So you have it and then you're like, after you've had a couple, you're like, Ooh, feeling a bit, the, the yeah. stomach, the stomach fills up a little bit. I don't have that experience, man. My experience is it's like, I, I, I used to think that, but that, that happened. I'm like, Oh, these are nice. These are nice and light. I don't know. Okay. I mean, hey, they're my partner's not an Irish, so whenever we go over, that's everyone's like, well, yeah, Guinness every time, Guinness. You have to like when you're there, you, have you, to. you just have to, yeah, you have to. Um, congratulations on getting married, by the way. Thank you, thank you. So, I, I feel like I feel like it's it's a big do, move. Do you, do you feel changed? Do you feel like a different man in any way? Yeah. Um, well, for one, like I never wore rings ever before, and I have to like mind when I'm skating now that I have a ring on. Like I have to like, I'm like new to being a guy with rings on my hand. So I basically went skating. It was actually like a, a, a clip in like Dom Bruce's latest uh, pro skate edit. Like I, 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 I did a trick in like the ditches in LA and I just like slipped down and I put my hand down and the whole ring was like, just completely like just shredded and messed up. My wife was like, what is that? And I was like, hey, you know, skating. She's like, no, 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 this isn't going to work. I'm, you got to like do something with that. So uh, for one thing, one thing that has changed since marriage is I, I, I got to learn how to take this off and put it on my um, my chain at the skate park so I don't forget it. And so I don't get degloved because that's the thing that happens to people with rings. Yeah, I've seen and people like properly, like basically like rip off the, the skin, like clean off their finger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Mac McMeans, a former uh, Razor representative, he got his finger ripped off at the skate park. Um, so, so, I'm, so I'm learning how to be a guy with a ring on my finger. So that's one like a very obvious change. But other than that, um, I mean, it's nice to like, I feel like be with my wife and be like, oh, yeah, this is this is legit. We're married. This is cool. But it's always been honestly since like the first year with I'm, I'm very lucky. I have a very amazing partner and so like from like the first year we've had like a really good bond and um just very uh strong relationship so it, it just further solidified what we already had um so not much in that aspect has changed but uh yeah it just feels cool you know uh all my friends are a lot of my older friends i have different groups of friends but a lot like my friends my age mostly are married and uh so it's nice you know we'll be like oh want to go out we go with the guys or do you want to bring the wives or what do you want to do? It feels, <laughs> it feels very old, but yeah. it, it also feels cool after a life of like, you know, 
chaos and like some immaturity sprinkled in there. It's nice to be at a different stage. Because you were at you were at Jeff Stockwell's wedding not that long ago. When was that? Yeah, Jeff Stockwell's wedding was on the twenty seventh of August. Yeah, so not so not too long it was, ago. Yeah. yeah, it was tricky because I was like, um, I was taking over the BPSO for Bashi this year, which was the seventh BPSO. And uh, he was asking me to do it on the 27th, which was Stockwell's wedding. And I was like, I can't do it, but I can do it if we push it back a week. So it was this big thing where push back a week, like two months prior to the event. And I just like completely tried to run it from there. And then since I was like, okay, cool, we're running an event. Let me try to get the Mesmer guys in town so we could film something and get everyone, the whole Mesmer team together for the first time and film something before that. Um, so what I did was I got everyone tickets to go to New York on like the Friday of like the 26th. Um, and then I was going to be in California at Jeff's wedding for that weekend, that, that heading up on Friday, the wedding on Saturday, and then coming back down on Sunday and taking a flight over to New York on Sunday night. Um, so basically what I was trying to do was like kind of quarterback the situation from like Jeff's wedding. Like I was like, okay, here's the Airbnbs. Here's, I made an Instagram with like a hundred skate spots and on addresses and addresses and like, itinerary ideas for the day and like how to get from place to place like subway map like from my phone or texting it from the car and be like go here check this check that um but those guys are all like so it was actually i know this question's about jeff's wedding and we and we can get into it but that particular weekend was super hectic because it was like jeff's wedding drive up uh six hours get the hotel hang out uh do the wedding um, hang out the whole night, party with everybody, dance the night away, go to sleep, drive straight back down to LA, catch a red eye, uh, go to New York. The guys had already been there for three days and had like so much footage already in that time. It was like, I was, I was really shocked and impressed. And then, so we had the Monday through, uh, I got there Monday morning. We'd skated Monday, uh, through Friday. And then Saturday was the event. Uh, Sunday, we kind of just like chilled for like one day. We went to the beach after like a full trip of skating. We just like the beach in a uh, rockaway. So we just chilled. And then Monday, most people flew, flew out. I flew back to California. Um, on that Monday, I spent the night at my house and then me and my wife left on Tuesday to go to our honeymoon, which we had postponed for like five months. Right. Um, because like I was, I had like, uh, I was waiting for like a, our first shipment of like skates and, I wasn't going to be able to go. She was busy with work and we're just like, all right, let's put it off, put it off. And then we kept putting it off. We're like, all right, we have to pick a date and a time because we had this like honeymoon fund that like uh, on our, we had a website for our wedding and people were like, oh, honeymoon fund. So we had like uh, four grand in there. And then we had like our, my, my stepfather, my, my wife's uh, like stepfather, pretty much stepfather figure. His wedding gift to us was like plane tickets wherever we wanted to go. So we just like decided, oh, we got a free trip where we want. So we decided to go to Ireland and Italy. And uh, we had like planned that before I knew about the change for the Bashi Pope that I wasn't going to attend before the skate thing. So by the time he presented, hey, do you want to do this event? Honeymoon's planned. Jeff Stockwell's thing is planned. And I'm like, how can I make this work? Because obviously I think it's important to have these events in New York City every year. We need at least one like strong event on each coast every year. And New York is a big one. And I was like, ah, like if I don't do it, it's not going to be done. And if, or it will be done and it'll be done bad. So it was hectic uh, figuring that was a very busy time, but uh, yeah, there was a getting back to the wedding. It was a fantastic wedding. 
tons of friends. Uh, Brandon Smith was there, you know, all like the Long Beach guys, the Sunday brunch guys. Mike McMullen was not able to attend because he was recently uh, just became a father like a few days earlier, maybe a week or two earlier. So it was um, it was a good event. I'm sorry if I gave too much in that very straightforward question. Yeah, I think I actually I I interviewed Mike like a week after his son was born. It was something crazy because I was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, I've had a kid that's it's, during that time. It's torture. What, like, what, are you sure? <laughs> it, you know what? I got to say, it doesn't seem like because we have a Sunday brunch uh, group text. I, I, I got to say, it doesn't seem like. It seems like he's handled the transition really well. It doesn't seem like much has changed with him. Like yeah. he, He'll still show up to brunch. He like there's like every now and then, like, you know, usually like Thursdays or Friday nights, they'll be like beer photos sent like the guys will send like whatever beers they're drinking and he'll just have it's the same photo with him but just with a baby on his chest like you know (laughs) and then so it's just it's like oh like it doesn't seem like really much has changed for him so which is which is cool it's inspiring to see yeah when they are that small that is one of the advantages the amount of times i took my daughter to the pub because you just put her in the sling and you put your jacket over it and people either don't notice or they just think it's cute they're like oh dad's dad's brought his his daughter to the bar and you're like yeah, but I'm probably going to get a little bit tipsy, let's be honest. But yeah, 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 it's adorable. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that there's there's a big difference in culture um, between, I don't know if it's the same in Scotland, but um, from when I went to Ireland, like like um, there were kids in pubs and we were there, yeah. like random different ages. And um, I remember seeing a sign on the pub. Oh, I hope I get it right. It said, uh, we don't mind kids as long as you mind your kids or something like that. Like uh, just basically like, don't let them be bought like a pain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the time there was just two guys hanging out, like, you know, it looked like some blue collar guys having a couple beers and the son was like there eight, just on his phone, like doing whatever. And I was like, look at that. Like if this was in America, it would be like a dateline story. There'd be like <laughs> pub exposes minor to like, you know, because everything in America is such shock value, especially with like the news, but it's like, uh, it'd be like, minors in pubs being treated you know like it'd be, it would be like such a sensationalist story like i don't know like it would uh it was just very casual over there which is which is which is i think that's okay it's a it's a public house at the end of the day you know yeah so. well the caveat is the the pub has to serve food right so it can be considered like a kind of restaurant and they're only allowed in until half seven okay so see that's after, cool so after half limits seven, make after, sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um cool. But yeah, it is, it's something that you can definitely take a liberty with. So why couldn't Boshi do the comp? Hmm, I, he has, I think he has, uh, he, yeah, I guess um, it's not It's not a shock to many that Boshi has had some trouble with the law. And I think uh, he had just done something to violate his uh, parole and that he wasn't allowed to leave the state. The thing about parole is once you're on parole, if you make like, uh, minor infractions, they can just like take, uh, take certain like freedoms that we're used to, they can just take yeah. away. So I'm not sure the infraction, it could be something from his minor to not checking in with the parole officer on time. It could be something like, I don't know, smoking weed. It could be several different things. I do not know what it was, but I knew that he basically said something had came up. He wasn't able to come up to the state. And, uh, so so someone needed to do it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do it. And then I had, condi- I was like, I'll do it. If we could change the date, 
if we could, we need to change the location. I was like, I'm not going to do it at that same place again. That's place is kind of rinsed. So like, let, let's change the location. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I, I had like a couple of things. I was like, I'll do it if we do it like this way. And then just let me run the whole thing. And he said, yeah, it's cool. So I did it. Um, I'm tr- I'm, I'm focused on doing something next year that I like something closer to what I used to do. Okay, uh, like the, the street invite, yeah. <clears throat> Which I don't know if many people who might be watching this would know because the events were from 2012 to 2014, and we have a lot of new skaters, and it's about to be 2023. It's it's almost like it's like 10 years ago. I, I, I think you're forgetting that the ma- majority of my viewers and I'm willing to bet Jump Street are between 25 and 35. They'll remember well, NYC Street Invite. I, I guarantee you. Well, we can be hopeful, right? And hope we got some younger viewers. Um, <laughs> but it's also, you know, it's another funny thing about that. I, I'm, I'm, I was looking. I was like, oh, like I want to see like the old events I used to do. Like, I they're they're like not on YouTube. You can't find them. Like on Vimeo, like buried away. They're like really hard to find. So, okay, you know, I get it's it's not like something that would be like in your face in the algorithm if you were new to skating hypothetically i don't think but um it was basically an event uh who those who know remember those who don't it was just like an event where we had it in a high foot traffic location in williamsburg brooklyn and we there it was in a parking lot where there was nothing there prior and we built every obstacle from launches over a cadillac grinds into a dumpster that led to like a rhythm section to like a wall ride on the side of a uh, 24 foot uh, box truck. And we had a, like a Jeep one year and a gap, all this like a piano, people grinding pianos there. We had Jersey barriers drop there. We had like all this really fun stuff uh, that we were able to bring. So yeah, I'm just, I'm wanting to do something next year in that exact same location. I think I'm going to change the format up a little bit. My, mine was an invitational invitational the, the the purpose behind that is to like kind of limit the like the messiness of what a comp can be like do you know what i mean you got like a hundred something people like oh, and yeah. you have a, yes it's, it's an absolute horror story to organize yeah right and and it's like it's not a skate park it's a location you have only for a certain amount of time so you need to be efficient with the space and i think a lot of the times and I might get some pushback on saying this, but it's just what I think. Um, I think a lot of the times the the competitions that we make are really accommodating for the participants and not really maximized as it can be for making it the most entertaining possible event for the people that are viewing. So I, I just and OK, so I'll give an example. And I hate to use these comparisons, but it's such an obvious comparison, like, you know, skateboarding and rollerblading. So we there was an event in Long Beach called the Hell Bomb. It's oh, like yeah, this, I saw that. Th- yeah. OK, so it's this downhill course where they basically they make like an obstacle and it's kind of tough to skate. And they just like, go ahead, push your way in and try to get at it. And like, you know what I mean? And they keep on making and then people just rinse the obstacle and then they take the obstacle away and they put in a new obstacle and they do this like four or five different times. And just like the energy and the, fu- like, this is like a really crowd pleasing event. It's not accommodating for like, Hey, did everyone get their turn? 
did you get, did you hold on, clear the way, let him get his try. Like, do you know what I mean? It, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's not that it's like, it's for the crowd, high energy. Like let's see something. And the, the guy, the guy on the mic, he's like, if you're not going to hit this obstacle, go home, which is like, okay, I'm not saying we bring that energy to it, but I just saw like the value in, oh, this is like, this is, we were like in the crowd, like laughing and having fun. I was like, this is hilarious. This is, this is fun. This is cool. And I had already been uh, for a while, even before taking over the BPSO this year, I'd been thinking about reintroducing another event in New, in New York. You know, you need, you need, I think you need at least one or multiple events in New York. It's a huge city and it's like a big, the big scene, like a lot of skaters. So um, I don't know. I was just uh, now, now I'm just thinking I'm, I want to do what I had done with the obstacles, but I don't like the, the heat formats as from, for this particular event I want to do. Like, you know what I mean? Heat one, yeah. Joe and all right. And Mike and, and Peter. Okay. Did everyone get their turns? Like, you know what I mean? It just like, I, I, it, that's not really for a, someone watching a passerby, someone who doesn't skate. I don't, I don't see that as engaging, right? Like, you know, so like, I think for this event that I'm starting to work on now, I got a few people, I got um, Alex Ryerson from the Bodega Boys helping me. Ariel Sarun is going to be helping me. Ray Mendez, of course, is the connection to the, the mayor's office and the permits in the city, which is like great because he's been doing events with Harold Hunter foundation for 10 years. And it's really great to have him working with the events too. Brian Hakeem from creator, always helpful. So um, I'm trying to do some kind of hybrid of what was the invite that I had done years ago. And I'm, I'm not saying the hell bomb, but I like, I like the focal point being one obstacle at a time. Because even like at the BPSO that we had this year, we had a huge course. It was an open skate. Like as a judge, you're like, yeah, you, 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 yeah. Who, what, what, what's happening? And then, like, if you just have like, boom, we're taking it to this obstacle. Cool. Like you have like four to six obstacles, and then you just make each obstacle like the thing, and then everyone just kind of has at it. And you could divide it into heats, you know. If you, I'm not against that, but I just, I just think it should be like one thing at a time, so everyone has one place to look, and it draws a lot of attention and energy to the thing. And you know what? I honestly think, I think it's okay. Like. Obviously, everything we've done thus far has been has been cool, but I think it's okay to just like just try new things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. if it doesn't work, then you then you don't do it again. And if you fall flat on your face and it sucks, be like, well, that sucked. All right, we'll do it again next year. But I, I just want to like kind of give these different things a try and see how they how they let, shake out. You know, it definitely has become. It's it's one of those things that's become formulaic and we've just done it so long because that's just the way things have always been, like with Ness, with ASA, even you know, in recent events like Winter Clash and stuff like that, or fees. And it's like, yeah, why aren't we trying different things? Because it, it is it's too hard for an outsider to understand. Like when you see 10 people flying around the course at the same time, you don't know where you should be looking, one, because and um, B, they're usually in skate parks, so we're not actually getting, we can have, it can be as exciting and entertaining and dramatic as you want, but no one outside of Bladen is seeing it. And you can shove the edits on YouTube, but no one's no one's seeing those either unless they're searching for them. So it's like, I, I definitely think there needs to be more events in a public space. And people criticised Bladen Cup and said the course is underwhelming. Yeah, the course was underwhelming, but the fact is it, it was exposing Roar Bladen to people on the street 
and you can't get better than that. Like, it, y- yes, it's not, I don't know, like flat spins over huge boxes or whatever. But to be honest, when I used to watch vert competitions when I was a kid, I used to find that shit really unappealing because I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not Rennie Hullgreen. I'm not airing 12 foot above a ramp. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. that's not, that, that guy looks like a psychopath. So I think people seeing, I don't know, Ryan Parker doing a stylish grind on a P-rail or seeing, I don't know, Randy Spicer, this guy pushing 40, like just hammering around the course, looking like a CrossFit legend. <laughs> like, show that, like that's, <laughs> that, that's relatable. Yeah. No, you know, it, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because or people like there was some criticism of the course uh, at the Blading Cup. Um, when I finally was able to because I, I I was trying to find some stuff from the New York City Invitational and uh, Robbie was like, oh, here he found some on, on Vimeo and he sent it to me. And I was like, oh, and I was watching the first one and I was like, oh, this, this actually kind of reminds me of the Blading Cup. Not saying that, but. Um, I remember when we first built the course, we spent all night like building the course. And then uh, I was like exhausted. I was tired. I'd like, I was working like moving furniture for like weeks before. And then I was just like had time off. So I was like hustling to get this done. And I just remember like Frankie just walked up. He looked around the course and he was like, this course sucks. So like, I know what like, because I was looking like, and I'm not saying like the course that we made or the Blading Cup course sucks, but like, I know what like, people think of like a contest course yeah. and our thing we have like you know a ledge to hit a launch to like whatever rail there was like a p rail there like and then like as the event got to different levels there were like more things but like yeah like okay so one colin had a point where he was talking we had him on the podcast recently and he was he was uh he was talking about like there are all like these different aspects of skating some like those big ramps and flat spins can highlight one aspect of skating, but having it on this course gives other people an opportunity to show some other highlights of skating that you don't often get to see when the highlights are those really big spins, those really big tricks. Um, so I think it is more pitched toward like your not outside person, right? It's it's yeah. more for like your skater's skater. Um, and that's the thing, like that's why I was talking about for this event being the one that I'm trying to do be more like a... Uh, like pleasing to the outside eye because like if we had like you know five events and they were all like the one i'm describing then i would probably describe something like we need something like a a blading cup right like do you know what i mean like where we can have like that core skater thing that's for us and for our culture and our community and that kind of celebration and that um makes a space for like people who want to participate participate whether they be newcomers or ogs or like you know like uh current people or legends like randy ogs like we were talking about but um yeah so i think um each thing plays a part and like it's it's each 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 one is valuable like you know um that's i i don't know that's that's the thing about skating there's so many like of uh these like opinions within like you know what i mean like some maybe some like skaters can look at like winter clash and be like oh that's huge ramp spinning man like that's flipping all over the place not my yep. thing bro and then you know you could look at the uh blading cup kind of thing and be like what is this little stuff like you what are you tinker tapering around on um but it but it's it, it's you know it's it, it, it's it's all valuable and, and the more we can accommodate to like not only the skaters but like the outside eye, i think you know i don't know we've been focused on like the the outside eye for a while but i, I don't even know if like my comp is about the outside eye but i'm just wanting it to be 
a fun event to attend? Now, I don't know if I brought this question around to me and we were supposed to talk about the blading cup kind of openly, but I somehow circled it back to me. I'm not, I wasn't trying to be, sorry. No, I kind of get what you mean. And like with the hell bomb, the thing that you're describing, I think that's the kind of thing that the outsider would see. And it's got that kind of counterculture uh, counter appeal because it's, it's one of these things that's like a spectacle and it just looks insane. It looks like a Mad Max version of a skate competition. It's not even really a competition. It's just a bunch of guys just basically trying to do the most mental thing. They can. I don't even think anyone can win it, can they? I think it's just people going nuts on ramps through things of fire and all sorts of crap and like grinding on like it's just they basically just shove stuff on the street and go have at it and then right um yeah because john john bellino was saying he was at it and i remember i think it was last year whatever they didn't have permits for it and then this year they had permits for it but they still managed to just totally like overstep the mark in that regard as well but the police were like well there's a massive mob of people here so there's not really anything we can do about it yeah. just let them yeah go for it like stuff like that is important and i think like you said like people are always going to complain saying you know they get one like they get winter clash and they're like oh well you know you know people that i consider great rollerbladers never win this it's always just competition skaters or then you have blading cup and they go well this isn't even really a challenging course yada yada i think whatever you're doing you should just try and create rollerblading in what what you want to see so for example if you're doing an event all you can do is be true to yourself and go this is what i would like if i was a spectator or if i was a participant and just go that way it's like it's like when people make skate videos and someone goes oh i like the skating but the music fucking sucked and you're like mm -hmm. well to that filmer that's the music they always wanted to hear in a video so they put it in their own video and if you don't mm -hmm. like it tough shit make your own video make your own video yeah so no i, I just, agree i just find it really funny when people like come out with stuff like that and say oh i didn't like this and you're like i've organized an event it sucked but i've or you know you can organize your own event if you if you're not seeing it and your own culture creates it yeah and and you know i think just by us being human we're gonna we everyone has like a, a critic in them you know what i mean especially when it comes to the things we're passionate about um i think one of the reasons why I started wanting to do competitions to begin with was because I was such a big critic. And there was a, a moment where I was just like, either myself or someone had pointed out what you just kind of pointed out. Like, you know, if you're going to critique enough, then you should take some action to try to do something yourself. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think that realization is very obvious to everyone, or I don't know if people feel like they think they are able to do it or not, or what it, might take but normally if you like start I've, I've found that when you start like just try to do something or like even like hey I, you know i, I think i want to do this like people be like yeah I'll, I'll help man and then you're like oh cool and you just like start kind of and then next thing you know it's like a thing you know what i mean it's like happened it's happened it's happened a few times like you know we're just like it happened with the podcast you know it happened with our podcast it's happened with mesmer it's happened with like the 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 competition we want we threw like three years in a row and it's just like yeah we should yeah all right and someone's like i get up and then it's funny when you want to do something positive the the amount of people that are willing to step up and and help you with it or participate in it you'd be surprised so yeah, yeah i think i would encourage people to uh if they are feeling critical which is good it's good to be critical it means you care about something but if you're like just criticizing without like trying to do anything to offer 
anything. It's just not productive. And then like, which is also fine. It's up to you how you want to spend your time. But uh, I think like it's better to. That's such a diplomatic way of saying like, <laughs> like, if you just want to be a dick about it, that's cool. But you know. Yeah, no, because, you know, dude, I'm like, you know, I'm 39, like bend that dude. You know what I mean? So like, I, 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 I don't want to like, you know, shit on my former self too hard. Like, you know what I mean? Because I can relate. I've been that dude criticized. I've been that dude. And, um, um, probably look back 10 years and be like, talk about the dude I was at this time and hopefully always growing if that's the, you know, but generally uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to have an opinion. It's good to be critical. Like the, the best skaters are critical because they're, they have their own vision and, you know, some of the best creators are the biggest critics because they know what they do want and they know what they don't want. It's very clear. And uh, that, that's been like a big motivation and a lot of the things that I've created, like being critical of things that, or it's, it's, it's a combination of critical and, and admiration. I do like that. I yeah. don't like that. I'm not going to do that. I am going to do that. You know? So I think you could find that in all these different things. I don't know if that's a proper answer, but think it is yeah like you can't you can't execute your vision unless you know what you want and as a result of knowing what you want you know what you find appealing and what disgusts you and unfortunately like if you're really passionate about something like like i mean we've been involved in this for what the better part of three decades you're gonna have strong opinions on it and some of those opinions are gonna upset people but tough shit exactly and you know it's um the thing about opinions is it's up to you. If you, you have so many different ways to express them. You know what I mean? If you, if you don't like something, you could spend your time saying that you don't like it. You know what I mean? Or you could spend your time doing something that is something positive that pretty much says that you like this better. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not that like, Oh, that's like, I'm just going to do this. And I, I like this better. Like, do you know what I mean? And that's it. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, and then, or you could do, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I also feel like maybe I'm, I'm lucky to be in a position that I am as a skater. Um, that's kind of like in our niche worlds that um, is like kind of is well known in our little niche because I'm um, maybe I'm taking for granted how like, the support that I get for that reason, like, do you oh, know what I mean? Like, in, in, in wanting to do things. Yeah. Yeah. You did. Exactly. Like that, that can, you, that's impossible to ignore. Of course, like when right. you put your name on it, people are going to be like, oh, well he's behind it. So, and I support him or I'm, I've been a fan of him for years. So of course they're going to get on board. Like f fame is all relative. Like people who are mainstream famous. Yes. A lot, but it, the same rules apply in our small little weird ecosystem like people still jump on board and go oh god it's billy o'neill it's like you know like pro skater billy o'neill or jump street billy o'neill and they're yeah they're gonna want to do what they can to help you realize your vision it that, that i that's true um but i don't think that's the only way uh, forward and and like i'll say that because like we got the the last bitter cold coming up um that daniel kinney's throwing when bitter cold started no one knew Daniel Kinney at all. Like, and no one, he just was some kid from the Midwest who threw like a really tiny event in Indiana that 
people seemed to enjoy when there weren't too many events in the winter. And uh, then it just snowballed and became like, you know, all the best skaters. He has, I was looking at like the highlights of bitter cold stuff. I was like, wow, man, like happy Aragon, like Shima, every, like, you know what I mean? Like China for when she was like a little, like everyone you could, the French guys flew from France to like Michigan. Like there's no reason to go to Michigan if you're, Living in France, most I just think if you're coming from Europe, you know you think New York, you think LA, yeah. you think no, Chicago. I, 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 I you're not going you to Grand Rapids, Michigan, in like the skate park in the middle of nowhere. But people were coming from all over the world to you know Soichiro. The list goes on. But um, the reason why he had such good reception is because the vision and the quality of the event and the ever-growing quality of the event year after year and it becoming a staple it's it's uh we have a really supportive community you know it's i there are some friends that kind of have been intermingling lately with our groups um who are skateboarders sponsored skateboarders and i think it's it's a combination it's a combination of like the roller skating thing in long beach because the roller skaters kind of interact with the skateboarders a lot and them interacting with us and now we all interact at the skate parks to some degree but from what I hear from some individuals in skateboarding, not all, not speaking for everyone, but um, that that they it there it's very fractured of a community. Like it's it's very pieces, and if you try to, you're not like we have a community that's very like it's kind of one bit right now, and and it tends to be very like supportive of a community. Again, this is my experience from from being Billy, a guy who's been, had a name in our niche worlds uh, through videos and sections and these kind of things for some time. But I, I also see some other people who aren't those, I don't know, I, just, I, I, I could be wrong, it's my biased view, but I think we have a pretty uh, supportive community that if you do decide to create something, whether it be a Friday night skate, a Monday skate, uh, a local event at the skate park that People will pitch in, you know. I don't know. It could be wrong. That's what I think. Possibly. Also, the 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 fractured element of skateboarding comes from the fact that it's significantly bigger. So it's really hard to maintain that kind of cohesive small community atmosphere when you've got so many participants. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a lot of kind of major players involved in it as well. And that kind of complicates it too, because you've got these people living. I feel like pro pro rollerbladers live pretty much the same kind of life as any other rollerblader whereas elite level pro skateboarders live in a completely different universe correct like pro pro rollerbladers might be living a, a much more difficult life than actually what i was gonna actually, i take that back i know significantly yeah a significant amount of pro skaters to know that most of my friends earn that just have normal nine to five jobs earn more money than they do so yeah like that's and if anything that brings it even closer together because you're aware that they're not they're not balling out they're not you know they're not living this life of luxury they're pretty much just trying to live out their dream at the expense of financial security yeah at the, there's several things that come into expense and you know there's i like to think that well i don't know i'm sure everyone has a different uh, goal, but I think anyone who's been involved on the back end of rollerblading for you know, over a decade or for a long time probably is doing it off of a, a hope, a belief, a faith that 
what they see and how they view rollerblading is not the way the world currently sees it, but they want the world to see it how they see it. Yeah. And, and so, so, so it's like, we see two different things, like, or at least two, there are several different things. When we see rollerblading, it feels a certain way to us when maybe from training or maybe from whatever, but they just don't see what we see at the moment. Um, I push forward trying to promote our thing because yeah, I, 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 well, I, I feel like we're like kind of like on a mission, everyone, everyone's just on a mission. So it's not about like, it is at the expense of many things like, you know, uh, financial security, these other things. Um, and it's each person's decision and how far they want to go. But I do think some people have gone so far where they're like, I can't turn back now. This is what it is. This is what time it is. I mean, I think we've talked about it before. I said like a captain goes down with his ship. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, it's like, yeah. Plus if, if you, unless you become jaded on it or you lose the love for it, if you still love it, you're going to let it ruin you. You're going to, you're just going to keep pushing ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. And you know, we, we, we had, Matthew Ledoux on the podcast just recently, and I hate to keep making podcast references, but I learned a lot from these guys. And uh, Matthew was saying that, um, ah, geez, I completely, I completely blanked out on it. I was just overthinking. Um, I've only got twenty minutes into that episode, so I can't help you. Out. I got, I got up to the bit where he started talking about rollerball, and then I had, I had to go back to work. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't know what your reference. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what? Dang it. I will, we'll, we'll come back to it, but, um, I completely forgot the train of thought I was on, but, um, yeah, we'll come back to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, talking about the New York trip. So obviously I spoke to Martin Danning just before he went out and he said that you'd basically, you guys had learned your mistake from Bladen cup because you started your trip after Bladen cup and everyone basically ruined themselves at Bladen cup, including Martin. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not getting the best footage of me on this tour. He's like, cause I'm basically broken. And he's like, we, we did this the other way around. We did the, we did the tour first or like the, the filming mission first before the event. So, and it sounds like that it went a lot better. Yeah. I think, I think that's the fun thing. Mesmer is really fun right now because even though like I'm in like an older figure in like the game, like who's been on like more tours and these things longer than some of these other guys who uh, are more new to it, or it's their first tours and maybe some been on for a while, but some it's their newer to it is that, um, yeah, I just have like the uh, experience um, that is new. It's a new experience to me. So like it's, it's new for them in the skating aspect. It's new to me on the running aspect. So we're kind of figuring it out as we go along together. Like I'm like, Oh, let's okay, cool. We'll book a tour. We'll do blading cup. We'll book a tour after. So everyone's skating really hard at blading cup. Like Jimmy split his shin open. Dom got hurt on the high jump. Martin got hurt. And it's like, Oh, great. Now we got to go on a tour with like half the guys injured. Um, you know what? We learned. Okay. We learned because, you know, we learn as we go next time we're going to have the, we're going to do a tour and then we're going to do the event. Great. Perfect. So we basically skate, the guys skated from Friday to Friday, every single day before the Bashi Pope skate off. And then when it came time to the event, 
I was like, you guys want to skate? Everyone's like, nah, I'm dead. I'm finished. I was like, okay, so no one's, so no one's skating. And uh, like Mark skated, he did good and he got to the finals, but everyone else was like just spent and finished. And uh, <laughs> it was funny because I was talking to my partner, Matthias, and we were like, uh, he was like, ah, oh, looks like you had a great event. I saw them skates one, two, and three. I was like, yep. I was sorry. I killed the guys. I absolutely murdered the dudes. So, so now it, it's, it's always like, uh, that's, that's the payoff, isn't it? Cause it's like, what, what do you end up? What do you end up prioritizing? Do you pri- prioritize and getting the footage and getting, getting a project together? Or do you prioritize the representation of the brand at an event? And is there a way it's, it's tough, it's tough to achieve both. Like, you know, like you also have the foresight of, seeing it from the other side you know you're not just a brand owner you you are still a skater but you were a pro skater you know what tours tour life is like it's grueling it's you know yeah you can you can pick up you might not even be trying to huck yourself you might just be skating a little ledge and then you're like cool i just absolutely like wrecked my ankle and now we've got three days left what like so exactly it, it, it's 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 all these and uh, a, a wise man said, uh, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs, you know? So you can you can give one thing and lose another thing. Um, and yes, like definitely know that aspect and of being a skater and having to deal with those injuries with, those, with, with everything regarding that. Ideally, we would be like, you know what? This trip is just for skating street. And you know what? We're flying you guys in for the contest. Friday, you go back home Sunday, you know, but we're like a really new brand. It's been like a really tough, this year has been tough for everybody. There hasn't been like high sales this year because there's such a boom in 2020 and 2021. Um, So it's, we just try to maximize everything that we're doing. So it's like, oh, I'm flying them to the event. Uh, Keep them a few days longer and try to get some content out of it, squeeze a video out of it, which is like tough on the guys it was really tough on the guys in New York. We had 10 guys in like some very tight spaces. You know, I don't, I don't, I, it's, I just, you know, it's basically like the fun thing about Mesmer and, and the tough thing about Mesmer is that we're all kind of figuring it out as we go. Like, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's, but it's it's it becomes a mission. Like you know, we I was like, yeah, let's let's do like a hoax two style tour. We we haven't seen one of those for a while. We'll rent an RV. We'll jump in the RV. We'll we'll do this. We'll do demos, and then like in your head, it's just like this like perfect pristine thing where like everything is just smooth. But but in reality, it's like you know nine guys who just skated in like a hot van in the desert. Like three of the guys are injured. Like. We're driving like six hours, like get off. All right. Who's in the mood to skate after sitting in the car for, for five hours? What? Nobody. All right. Cool. <laughs> like, so, in, in the van with the broken toilet. I heard about the broken toilet with the piss oh coming out. And-, God. and that's what I'm saying. Everything, everything, everything is a learning experience. Like I, I know in like, in like three years, three to five years, if we're still going, please support Mesmer. But if we're still going, um, then I'm going to have this down like nothing like, you know what I mean? We're, we're, it's going to be like clockwork already in like, I learned so much in the first three months and our first year of being in actual business is Christmas Eve of 
2021. So we're coming on our one year being in business. I think we, I think we did a lot in that one, in that time, but um, yeah, just in that time in that I've just learned crazy amount of stuff, just like of how much I was ignorant about, you know, I remember being like the skater being like, what? Like, and it's so crazy being on both ends. Like I remember being like, what, how can like, we deserve this, like this needs to be. And then like trying, and then the reality of trying to make all that happen. Yeah. It's like, damn, I was such a dummy. (laughs) It's so fun. But you know, that's, that's natural. It's part of it. I think that's, yeah. Like one of the things from being such a massive blade nerd and knowing some people in the industry, because you always hear it from both sides and you're like, as a kid, I, w- I used to be so frustrated and be like, this is shit. Why are my favorite skaters not? But then when you actually hear about the financial pressures or the margins or the or the stuff that you just don't think about or the times that the skater actually screws over the company by, you know, not promoting their product or leaving just after the product's reviewed and it's like released and it's just instantly out of date and unsaleable. And you're like, when you see these people criticizing online, it's like, just think for a second, think think about the person you're criticizing, think about it from their angle and why it might be tough. Like even with the whole, like with the whole Peter thing, like with the adapt thing, it's like, oh, like Peter lost his temper and threatened Levy. And it's like, yeah, he did. And that's shit and not acceptable. But think about the amount of times you've said stuff you don't mean to people. And then later being like, I would like to be forgiven. Yeah. I would like to be forgiven. Like I've said, I try to forgive. That's why. So I, that's I've why said I horrible to shit to people. Sorry. So, like, yeah, you. And yes, he doubled down on it and went, "I don't regret it." But that's because it's probably still raw for him, and he's probably still angry. So, I don't agree okay. with it. But it's like you, you start to see it from other people's perspective when you're like, a person put a lot of time and money into something, and they felt like they got shafted. So they're naturally angry. Okay, so that like- particular situation, um, that specific situation, um, obviously, I don't know all the details. I just know Levy, Levy's side. Yeah. I really like Levy. He's a, he's a good guy, and he's a sweet guy. Things that bother me is I don't, I don't care if people want to get violent. That's okay. It's up to you as long as it's like a – but I don't think it's cool to do that with someone who's clearly not – that way oh yeah you know what i mean do you know what i mean so it's like that kind of rubs me the wrong way i that being said i'm not condemning the guy you know i i I mean actually i I, yeah i don't like that actually i'm sorry i don't i don't like that but that was a stupid example to bring up i just mean as in like you can you you end up seeing things from like the company owner's perspective and then the skater's perspective and that was just an example or a recent example anyway exactly like um yeah. Um, so quick, just just to just to retouch on that before I go back to to your other point. Um, that being said, I I'm a person who's in the. I think I've gotten better, but I've been known to have a bit of a temper at some point in my younger days. You know, I'm I'm ultimately I'm like a street guy from New York who's like been like gotten to be a better person. But um, I like so I'm familiar with all of that kind of energy and stuff like that. Um, and. I, I do, I want to be forgiven if I've, if I do something. So I try to be forgiving if someone is apologetic and, you know, if they're sincere. Um, so I, that all I completely can relate to. So if you're sorry, I think we should do our best to forgive people if they're sorry, but whatever. I don't know. I'm, I don't even know why I'm talking about that, but um, in regard to the, to the company. Yeah. 
you know, there are there like I, I won't get into specifics, but you know, uh, like before I got into like I was like, we're gonna we're doing thirty dollar royalties, we're doing monthlies, but we're, we're starting monthlies on this date, and you just have an idea of how things are gonna be, and then in business they never are, and it's something. You have just such a skew. You just think when you're like on the other end, things just work out. In business, it's never that way. It's always about adaptability. It's always about flexibility. They're not getting things done on time. Communication and you just having to constantly adjust to whatever is happening. And uh, in that, like, you know, there's some of the things that if you come at it from like that idealistic way, which I came from, I'm a skater that's trying to deliver to skaters. And it's like, we're doing this, we're doing that. We, by the way, we do all that. But but I but I was like, yo, we're doing monthlies in December. That's when we're starting monthlies. I didn't even get the 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 lion's share of skates till April. You know, what I, mean? I, I didn't even have anything to sell until like we had like a hundred pairs that we flew over, like basically, yeah. which cost like fifty or sixty dollars a pair to fly them because we had to do something to satisfy the demand. So we said, okay, we'll basically make no money here. We'll fly them in. We'll get them out just to get some on people's feet so we can like not let the hype drown down. And then whatever comes on the boat via Corona that was like backed up at the ports for like months behind, we'll get, we got in like April. And some team riders were like, it was like January, February. They're like, hey, you know, you said you'd start paying and, you know, you said you'd start paying. And, and like, so there's me trying to live up to the things that I'm saying from a place of ignorance, but also standing on my word. And then there's the reality of, so, you know, I think one of the things that I learned is like, you learn not to commit yourself to certain things when you don't know, when you're not in control of them, you know what yep. I mean? And yep. it's like, when you just think things are going to work out great and they're not. So it's like, okay, well, this is how it's going to be. And, and that's like a huge thing of learning. And, you know, I was, I was like, all right, cool. We don't, we don't have these things, but we'll start paying you guys in February. Boom. So we just started before you had anything to sell anything. We're just, all right, cool. Start paying the guys. Cause we said we would great. Let's do it. Um, and then, you know, kind of hit the ground, like running like that. So like, um, yeah, it's, it's the reality often of how we perceive things versus what the reality of the situation is, is often inaccurate. It's a good, it's a good analogy for life. You know? Yeah. Don't but be too did, sure. Yeah. But you did like you you basically like focused in on two points there. It's like one, don't promise something that you can't deliver, but you didn't know you couldn't deliver it. So, like mm -hmm. you said, ignorance. Yes. You can't do it about that. That's just one of those things you learn from. But two, the thing that if either of us have learned anything over all these podcasts that skaters get pissed off about, it's not about not getting what they feel they deserve. It's about the lack of communication. More often than not, every skater that I've seen on Jump Street that's, that feels wronged by a company or has been on platform, they're like, they never said. Or worse, they lied. So it's like, if you're not going to do something for someone or you've turned someone pro and then realized after you've turned them pro that there's not really any momentum behind their name, which just uh, that happens. Someone turns someone pro thinking they're going to keep going on that trajectory. Their popularity plateaus and the brand's like, well, we're not doing it with you, but they're not telling the skater that because they've turned them pro. And then it looks like they're going back on their word. So they just kind of leave them to it and hope that they get the hint on their own and leave. And like what you're saying with the, with the payment stuff, you're like, as long as you're transparent with them and you're like, this is what's happening. I thought we'd have the skates. I thought we'd have money coming in. We don't have the skates when we do, or be like, 
it turns out the margins weren't as much as long as you're as long as the skater I feel like knows what's going on and they don't feel as if they're being misled or worse lied to then that's that's the most they can ask for you know Mesmer's not a huge company it's a DIY startup yes you've got help from Matthias with PowerSlide but the fact is half of the financial burden lies with you and they have to realize that you're not made of money Mm-hmm. So, no, it's and 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 but it's I think and I, and I I agree and I think I do have a very understanding set of guys because I am so transparent like almost to a like uh <laughs> like it could almost be to a fault sometimes I'm like do you guys want to know this stuff I I ask now like do you want to know because I could say, say too much sometimes yeah um but and and then some some people are like yeah I I do want to know that stuff like Dominic's always very interested like he wants to know a lot of the back end stuff so I'm like okay cool but even just like learning to not do that like you know what i mean because i think like i remember when it affected me i i went to go skate for ssm i, I was told i was going to get x amount of money at x day at like a, a grand a month starting in may and my first paycheck was like in november for 300 and it was like i just remember like what that did to my head and 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 i get that so like i i've been on the skater end and that's why i'm like trying trying to not do that. Um, sorry, my dog's licking her paws and, uh, I'm trying to not do that, uh, for them and just try to like, not have about it be about words and excuses, but just like deliver. So don't say something that you're not going to do at all. Be like, Oh, well, this is why, you know, in the beginning, that's fine. Okay, cool. We said we were going to do something. I didn't know any better. I thought we we're going to get skates at a certain time. We had all these things in the way backups because of COVID things being delayed. All, we had to redo the boot because the first uh, we thought the prototypes we were going to get them. We we're going to be good to ship them out. We got them. We had to, they were too flexy. We had to change the material, all this other stuff. So there was a few things that held us back. And I think it's forgivable. Like you said, in the beginning, as long as you're transparent and honest, moving forward to continue to make that mistake is, I don't think it is forgivable actually. And I think it's not, it's not good to set a precedent where you're making like Hey, you know, this happened. It's not my fault. It's China. And just keep be like, okay, I know that that that's going to be a factor. I know that they're not going to be able to deliver on time. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out and, and know when I say, when I know and, and things like that. And because at the end of the day, skaters have been promised things for a long time from all the way back from my generation and before, and they get tired of it. They don't want to hear what's going to happen to them. Just if there, if there's money, pay it. Like, you know what I mean? If, if there's something good, do it. If you're going to get a trip, just do it and say, Hey, I'm doing this when you can, and then do it because like, it's, it's not really cool. And, and be straight up, like, you know, like don't string people along and, you know, uh, I just be like, I, like I, I, I told, you know, John, I told Dom, the guys who've gotten pro skate so far, I'm like, Hey, Mesmer's not a career. Just so you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like you can, uh, take this money that you're going to get and, and use it to help you in certain ways. It could be a, a, another part of income that house, but it's not the end. It's not going to be like, I was like, hopefully one day we could grow heavy into a huge distribution company. That is something reflective of what power slide is in Germany. And you know what? I can, I can have 10 employees and I can employ you guys like real careers and jobs. And then that might be an answer. Maybe. I don't know if I can do that. That's something I want to do, but we'll see. But Mesmer's not the answer. 
It's 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 not like it, it it could just be something along the way that could be a vehicle to help you where get you where you want to go. You get thirty dollars a pro skate, we get a thousand skates, and we get enough sales. Hey, you turn around, you make thirty thousand dollars. Could go to schooling, it could go to a car, it could go to you know, you go, you live in the right part of the country. It can go to and you got good credit, you go to a down payment on a house. Like you know, it could it could be something that's useful, but it's not the end game. And as and as and and that's as rollerblading currently stands today am i do i wish that like bladers made salaries of like some of the top end pro skaters? of course i do do i think that that's something that's possible in the future i wouldn't be standing here doing this if i didn't think that but at the moment as it stands i'm not going to bs my guys it's their body on the line it's their life like i tell them to learn like john who's 31 uh or 32 now i'm 39 and i and i tell him He's like, dude, you know, I feel like I like I, I realized a lot of things when you realize them. I was like, that's awesome for you because you're seven years early. I wish I would have realized some of this stuff when I was 32. And I just try to be, you know, uh, I don't know. I like I've mesmer there's like all of these projects that I'm trying to do, I think is with a with the greater ultimate goal. You know what I mean? Like do a competition that people can enjoy, like have a podcast that can promote some of, and people can learn about some of these personalities in skating, like have a skate company where instead of making um, it about me, I'm making it about the younger kids in the, in the, in the future generation and like try to push them and give them what they deserve and like motivate them. But also while being transparent and honest and being like, Hey dudes, like, you know what I mean? Like it's not, just so you know, we're on the same page here. Like, and I would, you know, so we're, we're I, I look at us as people that are honest, open with each other. We're on a mission, but I'm, I'm not, I, and, I, and I wouldn't try to sell them any BS or mislead them. You know, I care about the guys. I like e each and and we have some girls that are now skating and we're going to do a little flow thing. And, you know, the um, starting to get to know everyone more, but some of the guys I know really well, some of the guys I've, I've known and girls, I, I'm getting to know, but you know, ultimately as a older person in skating, who's been like through what they've kind of been through in terms of like going on tour and not having the money to really put myself up for, and getting that income from skating and stuff like that. You know, I just uh, try to be an honest open book because my goal isn't let's get rich off Mesmer. Let's do this. It's mainly let let's build this thing that that we care about like you know and just keep building it like it's just yeah so that's the thing i think no like and i'd like to think that the majority the majority of the people that you do have skating are over a certain age so and if they've been paying attention to the industry they should understand that is just the reality and um, especially people who've had experiences of being pro for other companies you know people like levy who we mentioned obviously dom who was pro for razors briefly and John, who was pro for SSM and NIM, NIM and SSM. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And like, obviously tried to go to USD. That didn't work. Went back to SSM. Like, I think they're all aware of the reality, but just the fact that you're willing to impart that wisdom on them and be honest and be like, you know, th this, this isn't going to be a job for you. That's they, they should already know it to a certain extent from their experiences. But just the fact that you're not trying to sell them a false dream is again it's an admirable thing um you mentioned matthias and when they were at the nyc invite like how 
that's kind of my what I've been curious about with your like business relationship with him. I, I wondered if it was just a case of he's putting up half and helping with like the production, or is is does he actually like have opinions and stuff that he wants like or expectations from the brand? Like, what's what's your interaction with him in regards to Mesmer, or is he very hands off? Like, how do how does that relationship work? It's it's yeah it's like the best it's like the best relationship uh you could have um so yeah i i, I I'm, I'm trying to decide how honest to be <laughs> okay got it um so i i mentioned this uh on a previous podcast but uh in in formulating the mesmer idea it took us about two months to come to a place before, where we understood our roles to where we could even move forward. So this is emailing back and forth every day, at least Monday through Friday, maybe not the weekends of being like, okay, we could do this, but who would do what, how would you do this? Where does, who does what on the money, who does what role? And so it took about two months to figure this out because there are certain things I was unwilling to budge on. And I was like, I just won't, I just, I won't do it unless it's this and this and this. And there were some things that he had some hard lines on, but generally open. Um, he, to be honest, he didn't really have many hard lines. He said pretty much yes on everything. Um, but the point is uh, our relationship. We have two distribution companies. Um, yep. There's Disroyal and there's Heavy. So if we order, we've done this twice. If we order, normally the order is 1,200 skates or a little more. They'll get six. We get six. They pay for theirs. We pay for ours. Um In terms of, so he provides the relationship with the manufacturer, uh, which he's had for 25 years. And so, which brings all kinds of benefits, uh, priority uh, in terms of dealing with high quality stuff. If you, if you think you're going to go to these manufacturing companies in Shenzhen and just be like, hi, I'm this guy with X amount of money. And you think you're going to get treated with respect without having any relationship. You're mistaken. It's you're going to get hazed. You're not going to get high quality stuff. You're going to get put to the bottom of the list. You're not a priority. So he brings that value of that relationship. In terms of what we do with Mesmer, who we sponsor, the shirts we make, the trips we take, it's me, Mark, and John and myself decide that. And we decide it with the team. And what normally happens is like for, okay, I'll, I'll bring the New York trip, for example. Okay. So I booked the New York trip, flights, every, everyone on the team came, all, all nine. So everyone came, uh, five guys from Europe, four from the States. I booked everyone's tickets. I booked the Airbnbs uh, before I even told Matthias about it. And then I booked it, did everything. I told him about it. Hey, uh, I'm, I just did this. We're doing this around the trip in New York. Um, would you want to split costs with me on this since it's mutually because we have a thing where we split costs on like a lot of these like trips because obviously like we're 50 50 on mesmer yeah. so if a trip costs 10 grand we'll go five grand each something like that so i'm like hey i i booked the tickets i did this uh you know i know we should have like because other ones i've spoken to him beforehand but it was like a busy time jeff's wedding and all this stuff and these things coming up and honeymoon and i was like swamped at that time i was working on another job as well so i just said i'll, I'll book it i'll tell him later booked it told him later 
hey, I did the X, Y, and Z. Are you willing to split the trip? He's like, oh, yeah, cool. Great. Yeah, that's fine. I'll split the trip with you. No problem. Um, the shirts we make, I'm like, these are our shirts. Uh, this is our stuff. Um, we're sponsoring these people. We're doing a flow team, uh, which we're going to start. We're, we're going to start announcing a flow team soon. Like, uh, And he's just like, yeah, he hasn't. And that was kind of like one of the beginning things of our relationship. It was like, this is what we do. So like in this regard, this is what, like, we really drew lines around the roles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with Mesmer, everything you see for Mesmer is the team, John, uh, Mark, myself, the shirts, every single thing that comes from Mesmer is from skaters on the team or skaters in general, photography, editing, marketing clothing the shipping the moving the boxes everything there is not anything that happens at mesmer if it doesn't go through the hands of a skater um we happen to be incredibly fortunate by having extremely talented and artistic skaters and people like mark who just literally i saw dom's edit i'm not because like i'm i'm just i let them do it i'm like mark's like yeah we got this like great cool like um because Mark's like was our first employee. And as far as I'm concerned, he's a partner at Mesmer um, and heavy. So we just haven't figured that out yet. But as far as I'm concerned, and and I, I we're honoring that. But um, when Mark, he was like, oh, we're, we're taking care of it with Mark and Dom. And I was like, okay, great. And then when I saw the edit, I was, as always, I'm always impressed by Dom. But I was like, Mark, like, what the hell? Dude, this is so good. Like, the the quality of what he was bringing, like, just the time. You could see the little knickknacks and moments he spent on, like, the little things. And um, we just happened to be, and I don't, every the, the, the foolproof thing that's really lucky is, like, the even if I, if I have an idea, every now and then I'll have an idea, and I'll run it through the team and, you know, that's, that's the test right there. They're like, yeah or no. And they know, you know, they're 21 and 24 and 29 and 30. And you know what I mean? Like, and I'm about to be 40. So I'm like, you got, well, I don't know what's cool. I don't know. You guys tell me what's cool. I don't, you, yeah. I don't know. But so it's, it's, it seems to be like a good, like foolproof uh, system in that, but it's weird. Like, I think a lot of people don't, really understand still what mesmer is like or who does what i i don't know how they see it like i even had colin on the podcast recently and then after the podcast we chat because he drove up from philly so we just chilled and chat for like a couple hours like two three hours just chit chat and catching up as friends and he was like so what is your role like that i was like really like i was like 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 what like that that seems odd i I would have thought colin's like a scholar of blading i would have thought he would have understood your position quite well well i you know what i think i i i don't i don't know if it's i don't i just don't i just i i can see how it's confusing but i i i think some people still don't know what to make of it which is fine like you know but for um mesmer to clear it up mesmer is us like we are mesmer like john bellino is mesmer for life mark and myself, that's our company. It's Mesmer. Um, heavy distribution is like um, my LLC. That is John and mine. Mark, if he ever wants to move to the States, 
he has a place at heavy as well. I, he loves Spain too much. And I don't think he's ever going to leave Barcelona. He's the king of Barcelona. So we're just going to leave him there. But he, if he ever wants, he, there's always a space here for him. Um, other than that, I, Mesmer, everyone on the team is a part of the creation process and we don't run it through anybody. Like the yeah. ideas occur in the, in the team chat and then they just, we just do them. And when that could be everything from, from trips to whatever. But I think that's why everyone on the team really likes being on the team because one, they know their voice matters. They know that they're how they have a, a say in how they're being represented and how they're looking. And it could be a challenge. Everyone has different uh, styles and views. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, every, everyone's different. You know, look at Dominic, look at John Bellino, two different guys. Look at, you know, Dennis. And and then you look at like Levy. Like, I don't know. Everyone's just got different music styles, different personalities. And so um, it can be, everyone can have different opinions and that might make it a little tricky sometimes. And some things I think we, we've, we've realized that it's best for just John, Mark and I to decide instead of just like, Hey, do you guys want to make every decision with us on everything all the time? Like, we don't need that. Like, you know what I mean? But I think in terms and, of like, and you'll never achieve anything because that will take, if you exactly. turn everything into a democratic process, that will take forever to do anything. Exactly. That, and that, and that was part of the learning process. Like, you know, again, you come in ignorant and idealistic, no, it's going to be like this complete like thing. And then you realize, no, we don't need, we don't need to run this by the team. We can just do that. Like, and then, and then uh, for, the, for the most part. So yeah, I think, I think it's just about communication. Like for me, it's, it's really good to, it's, it's special to be able to like give Dominic like his first pro skate, like a long awaited thing and have him have complete control over how it looks like, I mean, I think about when I used to get pro skates, they were like, do you like this? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? That was my whole process of like the pro skate. And like yeah. Dom's like, I want this thing. Like, And, and he has like, his, he's an artist, you know, so he has his idea and his vision. And, and then to be able to pay him his first royalty and things like that, because it's cool to say you're going to do things and then do the things. And it's like, I remember when we paid them their first monthly, like, um, I feel like, and I'm I'm not I'm not gonna ah uh, well I, I I think it's okay I feel like some of them because I feel like some of them were owed monthlies for a lot of their the time so they were like good this is good but like Levy like when he started getting monthlies like I've never gotten paid to rollerblade before this is crazy like he was like so um like damn like oh yeah. it's we're actually it's happening okay cool like and it's not like oh it's happening like i said before we can retire now no more problems but you know said we're going to do that we did it we we said we're going to do uh this line of pro skates and we're going to give these people royalties on the pro skates we're doing that we're saying we're going to give everyone on our pro team pro skates at some point we're and we're going to fulfill that so it's going to be really it's it's just cool to create a relationship between me and the riders that creates like this trust and even if things don't go right or if they they just know that like we're all out on like the same uh kind of mission and it just it brings like a really good a really good energy to the team like there are times like uh you know like dom's part came out and i was getting messages like in the group chat from the team they're like fuck yeah i love mesmer i fucking love being on mesmer and like dom's like dude i love being on mesmer and i was just like cool like it went from like a thought to a thing like, and now we're just trying to do the best we can with it. And it's all happening so fast, but it's, it's cool. 
that is yeah well there's so many things to touch on there but i love the fact that when you release something the the other people on the team get excited about it and they're like yes this is like this is getting me pumped this is getting me motivated because that is that is a great thing and like that is what it's about like you're as as a company owner as essentially like a boss to these guys like it's your job to inspire them to lead by example to like you know make them want to stay and or and do the best that they can for yeah your collective vision but one of the things I loved most well actually there's loads of things I loved about Mesmer since it started I've loved the branding the first video Mesmer Rising was unbelievable god knows how many times I've watched it I've lost hours of my life um <laughs> fact that it had a Smashing Pumpkin song just instantly sold me straight away the huge John Bellino footage all the dumb stuff the fact that you showed up Alex Brosco at a spot that was unbelievable oh, no. <laughs> for Alex is like ah cool now my soul grind just doesn't count thanks man um <laughs> the dark side dude, porn do not get, we're not calling that a dark we're not calling that a dark side true spin it's not true spin it's a dark side porn star um okay. um would what were you about to say there do not what because that tricks, that's a messed up trick to do on something with such a drop like you're essentially rolling for half of it so your foot could just sweep at any point any point that you could hit a crack anything could happen and you basically went clean off the end of that ledge i might have to look again if i was rolling i'm not sure if oh I sorry was right. oh sorry let me clarify as in like i mean as in <laughs> it's it's one of these things where you don't just start sliding straight away do you like you, you don't you don't start from the lock-in yeah position like you, on you, the edge it's yeah, like, like from you the start center and then sliding. your foot goes to the soul plate yeah and you drift sorry i don't mean you rolled yeah. it that's not what i was trying to say <laughs> but like what i mean is like that is there's a difference between grinding a drop thing and then doing that on a drop thing i feel like that is i've grinded plenty of drop spots i would not do that on a drop spot okay so the thing i was gonna say was i don't want alex or anyone to ever think that i'm trying to one-up their tricks and <laughs> if there's anyone i don't want to think that <laughs> it's him because uh he's obviously a fantastic skater who's very capable um, who I'm a big fan of. Um, that spot is a place that I was a bike messenger for years, and it's like a location in between Bedsty and Bushwick, where you can like, you know, if, if you ride a lot of, on the bike, the home of notorious Big Bedsty is Bedsty the home of notorious man. A lot look, home of Mike Tyson, Brownsville, you know, right, right around there. Okay, but um, so I was uh. You know, your bike messenger, you ride around, you ride around, hot summer day, you find parks and places to sit and hang out. Um, there are zones, you know, when you're working like the downtown zone or Lower East Side zone, you might go to Tompkins Square Park. If you're working in Midtown, you might go sit down on a bench at Herald Square. But when you're in, uh, when I was in Bed-Stuy, I would hang out at either Herbert Von King Park, which is like the, that's uh, uh, a well-known skate spot as well. Or I would hang out at that location and just like sit down for a bit, drink water, like look at my phone, whatever. Um, so for years I was like looking at that TTP for like, I don't know, like six, seven years, something like that. And I was just like, oh, like great spot. It should, I could do this. I should do it. Never did because I don't know, just like it just never brought us to that spot. Um, and then when we did the Mesmer Rising video, I, the Airbnb I got was three blocks from there. So we got there was three blocks from there um 
Lewis just came in. I was just, I had just met Lewis. Uh, John was there and we had, uh, and, and we were about to start filming it. Oh yeah. We had a homie in town to film it too. Oh, Parker was there as well. We had Julian in town to film it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just meeting Lewis. This, I've been wanting to do this trick for like six, seven years. Um, let's, let me set a precedent for like that, that kind of like that, that we're trying to work. I'm like, so we, it was like the morning we woke up, it was like super hot. I was like, yo, let's just go hit the spot over here real quick. Let's just walk to it. So we just like walk to it and then we just go. And then I was just like, just tried the trick like 50 times and then got it. And it was kind of just like, all right, like let's work. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, 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 like kind of like you say, like, it's like, let's not talk about work. Like let's lead by example. So I was just like, yeah, like, like, let me just, instead of be like, yo, so you guys, uh, so you guys ready to get clips today? Huh? John Lewis, you guys feeling fresh? You good? You want to go do some work today? I was like, all right, let's, you know what? I got a trick. Let's go do it. And then, and then we went and did it and it kind of like kicked off the energy. Um, that being said, how is that the first spot of the day? What is wrong with you? Like, no, I mean, that's how it works. That's how my head works because I'm like, I just, uh, if I'm thinking of a trick I want to do, it's in my head, like just something you can't get out of your head. Like, I don't know. I can't think of a good analogy, but it's just there. Like, and I could be like, okay, let me hit this spot before it. But then as I'm hitting that spot, my head is just kind of stressed and anxious about the trick that I'm wanting to do that I could be scared of. So it's not like I just like show up at the spot and I start trying it. Like I show up at the spot. I'll roll around a little bit. I like Machio ledge, like top solo ledge. I get my blood flowing. I like jump over the ledge. I like wax the hell out of it. I'll slide on it. It's like this whole process. It's okay. like, and and then like, I'm like, okay, I just basically like want it. Like I get, I get like, if I have a trick like that, I get anxious. So I just like want it out of the way. It's not particularly like a fun, a fun process, but it's a, a reward. It's a rewarding yeah. process. You know what I mean? There are times in blading where you're having fun, but these things aren't particularly fun. It's more rewarding. So I was, um, I just kind of had that now about Alex having had soul grinded it. Right. Um, like when I saw that, I saw that they skated it like the bodega boys and Alex. And then I was like, damn, um, someone finally skated this spot. Like I've been wanting to skate it for like a long time. And uh, to, to Alex's thing. Yeah. Alex, Alex soul grinded. It was really great. What Alex did. It's very like, and um but I think he was probably just looking at it from the perspective of like, no one has tricks here. Like literally like, like nobody had tricks there. And he's, and he's like, this soul is awesome. I was just like looking at it from like forever, like TTP is like one of my tricks. And I'm just like, Oh, could have, should have, would have for like five years on like the, literally meditating on a trick for like five years. Every time I go to the spot, staring at it for like five minutes, 10 minutes, and then leaving for like years. And then, you know, Alex shows up at the spot, like, you're introduced to a new spot. There's some spots I've went to, I've only been to once. And I'm like, man, I wish I had more time to meditate on these spots. Like you get to like envision the trick more, you get to envision different things. I'm sure if Alex, if that spot was in Kansas city, like I'm not out, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, that's, that's and, a terrifying prospect. If that was right. If, like if, so, if you so, returned and, to that several times. Yeah. So I think for Alex, like for me, that was a trick I had built up in my head for years and oh, I want to do this trick. Alex probably just got pulled up to the spot. And he's like, yeah, I'll sold this. And then he sold it. And then he went and did like 10 other freaking tricks that day. That was like ridiculous. Like, you know, like I did that trick and I was like, 
I, I almost had a heat stroke because it was so hot. And then I was like limping around the whole day. Like <sighs> I made like a huge thing out of it. So it's just different things. I don't think, I don't think I went up to anybody. I'm, I was yeah. only messing. I just love, like, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that either. Um, but yeah, that is quite funny. Also, Martin kind of touched on it when I interviewed him and he was just like, you know, I remembered Billy was good. He's like, I've seen Billy's sections. I just didn't really. And he was like, I don't want to be disrespectful. He's like, I just didn't really think Billy still had it in him. He's like, I'm like, Billy's a lot older. He, you know, he's he's not he's not like pushing it like that way anymore. He's not trying to like get another pro skate. He's just chilling. I just didn't think it. And then he's true spinning handrails. He's doing like true spin macios and handrails and doing like 270 like front salves. And Martin was like, whoa, he's still okay. He's he's still competing, right? <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> and Martin was like, Martin was like, I didn't, I didn't think that was that's what was going to be happening. <laughs> no, and 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 you know, in, in all fairness, like I feel like in like um like uh if, like for example, like if I don't know if it's the same for you, maybe it's true. I know we're the same age, but uh, if someone comes out skating with you, like who had never skated with you before, uh, on just any random session, maybe maybe it's true for you, but it's true for me. Like I I don't know which side of me they would get. Like you know what I mean? Maybe they get the oh I'm feeling really good. I feel limber. Whoa, I'm having a really nice day, and I'm looking like shades of what I used to look like, and. Or it could be a day where like, ah, my knee is like swollen to bits. And like, I'm like, I'm like, eh, I'm like kind of looking like I've maybe never been a pro skater before in my life. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely don't have like, I, I appreciate Martin for saying that, but I, but I, I definitely have days where I look like, ah, Billy does probably look like he's had it. Like, you know what I mean? And then I have other days where like, uh, where I'm feeling it's, it's really like, I, the thing is, I feel good. Like as I feel like I can rip like as as i am now but then like i'll be like oh my knee it's like little nicks and knacks that have just like added up over time but um i'm also inspired by them you know what i mean um john doesn't let me get away with anything like uh i'll skate with with john i'll do a trick that like is easy for me and he's like do this man come on dude like even like in like dom's thing i like walrid a thing in dom's new thing and john's like dude 360 out of that come on man like you know what i mean like he doesn't let me slide on stuff yeah. like you know what i mean where he he, he gives me the push like where i'm like dude i don't want to do it. he's like bro do it and i'm like okay so i still have those people that push me and and then there are times i'll be real <laughs> okay and this isn't banging on the team because they're all humans but there, there are times like uh i have like ideas for spots like in new york i had like Oh man, this spot is like it was such a good looking spot in the Bronx. It's like it looks great. I, I can't wait. So took him there. It's like the first spot of the day. Everyone's like, nah, nah. And I'm like, because it's like a big scary spot. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine. Do you know what I mean? Because like, not not because I'm like, I'll show you guys, but I'm just like, ah, we're at the spot. We have like I'm looking at it more pragmatically. Like yeah. we're at the spot, we're wasting time. We should someone should get a clip of the spot. It's a good looking spot. No one's really up for it. Someone got hurt yesterday. Everyone, it's the first spot. They're tired. I'll do it. Like, do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And um, I mean, so, and, sometimes you just need to pony up. Sometimes you need to pony up for the group. Like, yeah, a, if no one else is gonna do it, yeah, someone has to. And B, it could motivate the rest of the group to get their finger at their ass and get to work. Exactly. Like you said, like lead, lead, lead by example. Like even the uh even like the truck, the true front salve that was in the RV there yet. 
Um, my like knee was not feeling great that day. And John is just skating this rail by himself, uh, like full cab, Ollie top holding this rail, like by himself. And he's like getting close and he's walking up and everyone's just watching <laughs> and he's walking up the stairs and he's like, you know, really like it if someone skated this rail with me <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. and everyone's just like yeah okay you know like no one said and then he keeps trying and he's like he got a little more fresh and he's like you know I, I really can someone skate this with me and i was like fine i'll do it like you know and then i went and then levy came too and then we ended up but yeah like a lot of that stuff is just like a push from from them like i wouldn't have skated it if and then i just like okay let me uh like i was like i'll skate it with him like i'll be back royaling it so he feels there's someone's here with him. I'm not going to get a clip. I'm just going to skate it with him to yep. be there with him at the top of the stairs. Then you get comfortable and you get, oh, I actually feel okay. And then, and then something comes out like that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's from them. I, they, they deserve the credit for even my clips. Okay. I mean, you could have front torqued that real. I'm just saying, you know, you've, you've got it in you. I feel like, I feel like that was a missed opportunity, but it's fine. It's fine. I'll, I think, I'll, I think so. I think I'll, so. I'll, let, I'll let it go. Um, so, um, I've loved how it's been going with the branding, love what you're doing with the team. And what I, one of the things I like the most about Mesmer is the fact that you've been honest from the start about how the relationship works with Matthias, with Powerslide, what your involvement is. I don't think anyone can ever accuse you of being unclear. What really winds me up as a consumer or as, an, or as someone that's followed Bladen for a really long time is when someone just goes, oh, we're skater-owned. And then you go, well, wait, can you explain how? And then they go, no, just take our word for it. We're skater owned. Well, well, I've been around long enough and bought enough products and seen where they're made and seen what the actual, you know, the trademark is at the bottom of the, the pamphlet that I've bought to know that that's not always the case. Right. And there's been brands in very recent years that are making the same claim saying, oh, we're skater owned. And you're like, well, cool. can you just clarify like what that actually means? Or as the skater, like how you own it and they're just like no whereas you're like i pay half they pay half they distribute in europe we distribute in the us doesn't get much fucking clearer than that yeah and and to be even even more clear um well one thing i'm going to touch on the reason why it's even an issue to say things or to to say the things are skater owned or not is because that suggests that we have the skater's best interests at heart. It doesn't always mean it's true. You could be a massive corporation and treat skaters really well. And you could be skater owned and be selfish and not get. So it, that in and of itself doesn't really describe anything. It just alludes to, and you would hope to suggest that the person is keeping the skater in mind as we are that. Okay. So that's, that's that. Two, um, not only is heavy distribution skater owned, but so is Disroyal. Matthias, you know, and maybe I've contributed to this as, uh, at, like, during my frustrations as an ignorant youth at USD. You, you have but, had your moments of yeah. of, uh, of of bashing uh, yeah. certain sponsors in the past, yeah. And you know what's funny? Like, I I told Matthias my my problem, and I'll, I'll clar I can clarify for anybody, but um, it was never with him, but. He is, that guy deserves respect. That guy, all he does is skate. He wakes up in the morning, dude. He skates like 20, 30 miles. He, he plays hockey. He is a skater. That dude 
skates. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. I offered him a coffee in my house. He doesn't even take coffee. This guy's drug is skating. He really, truly loves skating. Then most people I know love skating. So like he really is, he's, he's, he's going to skate to as long as he can. So is he grinding out rails? Is he doing what we do? No, you know, but uh, I think that there's a part of him that sees the passion. He's a very passionate person when it comes to skating. So um, I think he deserves a, a huge amount of respect. And that's just my opinion. But, yeah, I think he's always, see, I, I don't really buy into this. Something has to be skater-owned to be good. I think there's been plenty of examples of skater-owned companies that the fact is it doesn't really matter if a skater owns it or not in that respect. If they don't know what they're doing or they're not good business people or they don't have a good vision, you can be one of us all you want. You're not like you're not you're not leading us to any great white light. It's just not going to happen. Like you're you're just a guy with a dream, and unfortunately, it's probably not going to work out. You but might be skater owned and threaten to assault somebody. You know, yeah. anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really that's not going anywhere for a while. 